Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Oh, I hate this. Tell me when we get across. Oh, come on, Jerry. Open your eyes. Look at the wildflowers down the canyon. Oh, I will not. I hate high places, and then we have to ride on this rickety old cable car. That's the only way across the canyon from the highway to the lodge. Look, I didn't know about this when I talked you into coming with me. I won't enjoy a minute of this whole weekend knowing I have to ride back on this thing. Sure you will. And besides, if Hal Champion's staying at the lodge, this will be my one chance in the world to meet him and audition for him. I wish I'd never told you what Mrs. Rice said. Are you kidding? When I meet Mrs. Rice, I am going to get down on my knees to her for telling you about Champion spending the weekend at her lodge. Oh, why couldn't they have just built a bridge? For an unemployed actor, a weekend isolated with a famous movie director in a tiny mountain lodge could be the break of a lifetime. But to Richard Daniel and his wife, Jerry, it became a nightmare. Jerry, I've known your family all my life. You know how this makes me feel. But my dear, if you know where your husband is hiding, I insist... You get him to give himself up now. But I don't know. You know what this will do to the lodge. We'll be ruined. Ruined. A man has been killed, Jerry. Tonight, Crisis offers you a tale of suspense titled Captive Audience. We'll have Act One right after this message. And now, Captive Audience. Our story begins, as so many stories do, with a coincidence. One afternoon, Richard Daniel was between engagements. His agent hadn't called in weeks, and the clothing store where Richard worked when he wasn't acting had hired another part-timer to take his place. So there was nothing for him to do but read variety and pray for the phone to ring. The part would be perfect for me. I even look like him. The Duke of Windsor? Well, with different hair, you know, the little pouches under the eyes. I hate to mention it, but the Duke of Windsor was an Englishman. What did you say, my dear? You think I'm not English? How absurd. Listen, it says right here that Champion will not cast a major star in the role. He's looking for someone new. Who is it that says that? Variety says it. No, no, the man who's casting the picture. Champion, the director, Hal Champion. That's the name. That's who Mrs. Rice was talking about. Mrs. Rice? Well, she used to live in our block when I was growing up. She called yesterday, and we had the nicest talk. And she mentioned Hal Chapman? Yes, yes, I completely forgot to tell you. Mrs. Rice is now running a little mountain lodge somewhere up near Yosemite, and she was in town buying provisions or something, and she called Mom, and Mom gave her our number. Yeah, but so what has that got to do with Hal Champion? Well, I'm getting to that. Hal Champion is going up to Mrs. Rice's lodge to spend the weekend. She mentioned it because she wanted to know what you did for a living, and I told her you were an actor, and she said she had this director coming up for the weekend. Hal Champion to stay at your friend's lodge? Well, it's not a very big lodge, the way she described it. I guess she bought it, and she's just fixing it up or something. Anyway, she said this Hal Champion was looking for a hideaway sort of place, and someone recommended her lodge, and he called and made reservations. Oh, w- which weekend? Well, next weekend, I think, she said. Jerry, do you know what it would mean to me to get to meet him? Especially at a place like that. Jerry, that could be it. The break. Well, she did say any time we wanted to get away from town for a weekend to give her a call. You're kidding. She said that. Yes. And she even gave me her phone number up there. Baby, this is it. Call her. Right now? Right now. Well, listen, she didn't come right out and say she'd put it on the house. I don't need to mention the state of our finances. Oh, to heck with our finances. Call her. 
I never told you what Mrs. Rice said. Are you kidding? When I meet Mrs. Rice, I'm going to get down on my knees to her for telling you about Champion spending the weekend at her lodge. Oh, why couldn't they have built a bridge? We're almost across. Oh, I see. They run this thing with an old motor in that uh, shed over on the cliff. Don't tell me about it. Hey, and now I can see the lodge. Come on, honey, open your eyes. You don't have to look down. Look at that rustic old lodge in the trees. What a spot. Are we almost there? Almost. And here we are. I'll help you out. No, no, I'll, I'll take the big suitcase. Man, they really are isolated up here. Come on, that must be the path to the lodge. Geraldine, let me look at you. I haven't seen you in ten years. You always said you were going to grow up and marry a movie star. <laughs> well, I did. Well, not a star, Mrs. Rice, just a struggling actor. Oh, uh, by the way, is he here yet? Oh, Mr. Champion? Yes, he got here about noon. Haven't seen him since. He just kept himself in his room. He came all alone? All alone. We have only two other guests besides Mr. Champion and you two. You'll meet him at dinner. Enjoy yourselves now. We eat about six. Where does Hollywood get a wise up, Mr. Champion? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of moviegoers are asking that, Mr. Packer. I am not a moviegoer, and that's what I mean. When is Hollywood going to wise up? Uh, maybe if you could be a little more specific. Uh... Champion knows what I mean, don't you, Champion? Well, we're an industry that needs to know how to please the customer. Oh, no, you know how to please the customer. That's not the problem. Just give them more sex and violence. That's your solution. You pay the stars $2 million and you make gods out oh, of them. Oh, William gets very profound when he's drunk. You have to excuse him. I am not drunk, and I don't need you to apologize for me. Now, when I've done something to apologize for, I'll do my own apologizing, all right? So just cool it, all right? Hey, these people don't want to hear your theories about the movies. Uh, thank you for a most delicious dinner, Mrs. Rice. Yes, it was wonderful. Oh, well, there's pie and ice cream for dessert. Not for me, thanks. Well, I'll have to take a rain check. Hey, let me buy you a drink, champion, okay? Some other time, Mr. Packer. See, now you've made them mad at you. Jerry, if you'll excuse me, I think I'll join Mr. Champion on the porch for some air. Sure, honey. Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, am I out of line in wanting to buy you a drink? I mean, just, just tell me. Now, can, can a common, ordinary, everyday citizen buy a big movie director a drink or a candy? Because if I'm out of line, then I'll apologize like Lorraine says. Don't you know when to shut up? Richard! Now, come on. Let's not spoil a wonderful weekend. You know, if I was a man, I wouldn't take that for one second. Come on, Mr. Champion. That's all right. That's okay. Oh, Lorraine, she's right. If I was a man, I wouldn't take that for one second. Would you say I'm not a man? Is that right, lover? Huh? I'm not a man enough for you. Huh? I've seen better. Yes. Jerry, are you coming? Oh, I'm going to help Mrs. Rice clear the table. You go on. I'm fine. Mr. Thacker, why don't you and Mrs. Thacker try a good, fast game of table tennis down in the game room? Mrs. Thacker? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Mrs. Thacker, you think I'm man enough to play a game of table tennis with you? I hope you don't think I'm out of place in speaking to you like this, Mr. Chapman. Oh, that's all right, Daniel. No, I, I think I've offended you. Oh, no, I'm happy to meet you, and I'm glad to know you're interested in the Duke of Windsor role. I'm just upset about the way the weekend turned out. 
I'd heard this lodge was remote enough to get away from the persistent actors and obnoxious drunks. Well, to be frank, I'd hope to do some writing, but the mood is pretty well shattered by now. I'm sorry. Look, if I could just, uh, just test for the role. At this moment, Mr. Daniels... Uh, it's uh, Daniel. Yes, well, at this moment, I'm considering another man for the part. Very strong. Oh, I understand. Uh, an Englishman? Yes, as a matter of fact. Brilliant actor. Now, I'm going to turn in. Good night, Mr. Daniels. Great. Just great. Thanks a lot, Thacker. I owe you one for losing me this. Well, I'm just sick about tonight. Well, don't be. Oh, you couldn't help it. You just have no control, you know. If someone gets out of hand in a place like this, you just have to live with it. Maybe Mr. Thacker will apologize tomorrow, and then Mr. Champion will be in a better mood. Well, there was one other guest scheduled for tonight. Guess he must have got lost. Foreigner. Probably just as well he didn't show up. Oh, who was that? Uh, oh, what was his name? Well, I have it in the registration, but, well, anyway, he didn't show well, I'm for bed. Uh, sleep tight. Breakfast from 8 o'clock on. I'm going to take a walk for a bit, honey. All right. So if you're lost, can you find our cabin in the dark? Sure, but don't wait up. I'll be right along. Well, here comes another customer. I thought it was just going to be Mr. Champion and me. How'd you sleep, Geraldine? Good morning, Mrs. Rice. Mr. Champion? Good morning. Have, um, have either of you by any chance seen Richard? He hasn't? Well, no. Well, I haven't seen him this morning. Last night we talked for a couple of minutes out on the porch. Well, after that he said he was going to take a walk. I, I went on to bed and I must have gone right to sleep. And this morning... I woke up and he hadn't even been to bed. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't like the sound of that. But you've taken the cable car across the canyon for any reason. I thought I heard it running late last night. You did? Huh. I didn't hear it. No, no, he wouldn't have had any reason to do that. Oh, I'm afraid something's happened to him. Oh, somebody please call a doctor. Mrs. Thacker, what's the matter? It's William. He's halfway down the canyon. Underneath the cable car, he doesn't move. <laughs> Crisis is bringing you Captive Audience. We'll continue after this message. And now, back to Captive Audience. The early morning tranquility of Mrs. Rice's Mountain Lodge retreat has been broken by the news that Richard Daniel has been missing all night. And now, William Thacker is lying down the canyon beneath the cable car crossing. It's moments later now as Hal Champion, Mrs. Rice, Richard Daniels' wife, Jerry, and Thacker's girlfriend, Lorraine, hurry to the cable car landing. Wait a minute. Where's the cable car? Look. Look, it's out there in the middle. It must have stalled. Oh, somebody please do something. He may be dead down there. So I did hear the cable car start up last night. Now, look, I've got a big coil rope out in the shed, out in back of the lodge. Now, if we tied one end of it to this stanchion here at the cable car platform, I believe one of us could make it down there to where he's lying. I wish I knew where Richard is. Yes, we could use another man right here about now, but I guess I'm elected to go down the rope. Phone the authorities, Mrs. Rice. I'll go find the rope. (laughs) 
Well, I think that knot will hold. Oh, be careful, Mr. Champion. Don't worry, I will be. Hello. Hold on just a minute. Now, who's that? Well, it's a man coming down from the woods. Well. Oh, that's a bit risky if you don't do it just right. Why not let me go down? Now, where did you come from? Oh, I saw your predicament from the road there across the canyon. But since your cable car seemed to be stuck, I had to find the way back. Trevor Thorne, it's your service. And you would be the proprietor. Oh, Mr. Thorne, I'd given you up. Terribly sorry about that. The car I hired broke down last night. Couldn't make it till this morning. And now it appears you've had an accident. Well, looks like Mr. Thacker tried to operate the cable car last night, and when it stopped in the middle of the canyon there, he must have fallen out somehow. Mm, yes. Well, I'll go right down and have a look at him. Look, that's very good of you. I was about to try it. Well, take but a minute. Well, poor chap. Oh, no. I'm very sorry to say he's dead. Probably died instantly from the fall. Oh, oh my poor dear. You have my dimper sympathies, Mrs. Thacker. We weren't married, but we were going to be. Uh, Mr. Thorne, excuse me. By your manner, I judge you're no stranger to things like this. I'm a policeman on holidays, if that's what you mean. Scotland Yard? Right. I presume one of you has called your local police? I did, but it may take some time. I understand. Why don't we all go into the lodge house? There's really nothing more to be done out here until we have some help to bring the, uh, body. Let me pour you all some coffee. That would be most welcome, Mrs. Rice. And perhaps you might introduce yourselves. Oh, well, you've met Mrs. Rice, our hostess. Charmed. Oh! And, uh, Mrs. Daniel... And Lorraine, I'm afraid I don't know your last name. Bond. Miss Lorraine Bond. Miss Bond. And I'm Hal Champion. You needn't kiss my hand. Oh, an old world custom. Forgive me. Now, just to organize things, even though, of course, I have no jurisdiction here at all, I wonder if you might answer a few questions for me. I'll turn my note right over to your sheriff when he gets here. That's awfully nice of you, Mr. Thorne. Not at all. No, it's been just the five of you up here overnight. Oh, huh? well, no, there was a sixth person. My husband, Mr. Thorne. Oh, and where did he spend the night? We don't know. He said he was going for a walk last night before turning in. I went right to sleep, but when I woke this morning, he still wasn't back. Hmm. Had Mr. Daniels known the deceased before coming up here? I know. We met here last night for the first time. You're quite certain of that, Mrs. Daniel? Yes. Yes, of course I'm certain. I'll admit, ever since we found Thacker's body, I've been wondering about Daniel. Jerry, I've known your family all my life. You know how this makes me feel. But, my dear, if you know where your husband is hiding, I insist you get him to give himself up now. But I don't know. You know what this will do to the lodge will be ruined Ruined. A man has been killed, Jerry. Uh, uh, we haven't established that a crime has been committed, Mrs. Rice. But I would like you to recall just exactly what you were doing last night, Mrs. Daniel. After I helped Mrs. Rice clear the dinner dishes, we talked, and then I went to my room. And where was your husband? He was talking with me out on the balcony. Well, then he came to the room, but he, he said he wanted to take a walk before going to bed. So he left, and I, I went to bed and went right to sleep. I see. And you, Mr. Champion? Well, after I talked with Daniel, I went to my room, sat up writing until about midnight, and I went to bed. Sometime after that, I'm sure I heard the motor on that cable car start up. What exactly did you and Daniel talk about? Daniel's an actor. 
He asked me to test him for a picture I'm doing. And what did you tell him? I told him I'd just about decided on another actor. How did he react to that? Oh, he was disappointed. Listen, if you're thinking Richard had anything to do with Mr. Stacker's dad... Just exploring, Mrs. Daniel. Why don't you realize something must have happened to him? Well, he may be hurt, too, or... As soon as we have help here, we'll search for him. Meantime, Mrs. Rice, your activities last night, please? Why, after I got the kitchen straightened up, I went to bed, like I always do. I see. And this morning? This morning? Well... I got up and made breakfast like I always do. Uh-huh. Thank you. Now, Miss Bond, uh, was it Bond? You were sharing quarters with Mr. Thacker? Yes. William was drunk. Well, nobody's mentioned it, but it's true. I was... I was sort of mad at him, and I told him... <laughs> I told him to go walk it off. And he did? He left the room. I didn't know where he went. In fact, I went to sleep. I woke up... And he hadn't come in, and that's when I, w- I went looking for him. <laughs> yes, uh, tell me, Mr. Champion, you say you heard the cable car engine start up? Yes. Mrs. Rice, could Mr. Thacker in his inebriated state have started the cable car by himself? Well, I suppose he could. The engine's just an old truck engine, you know. Key's right in it. Anyone could just push the button and pull the lever and start across. But how long a journey is it across the canyon? How long does the one-way trip take? Well, about four minutes. And how long would you estimate you heard the cable car motor running, Mr. Champion? I couldn't say. I have no idea. Did you hear anything after it stopped running? Such as what? Such as a man yelling for help. No. No, I'm sure you didn't. Because in fact, Mr. Thacker was already dead when he took his trip in the cable car. Well, man. Yes, yes, Mr. Thacker was killed by a blow to the back of his head. Loaded into the cable car, the car was started and shed out until it was dead over the deepest part of the chasm. Whence the motor died, from lack of petrol, it had run out of gas, as you say. Now, wait a minute. If Thacker were already dead... How'd he fall out of the cable car? His body was no doubt balanced in the car's safety railing. Then as the motor of the car reached the midpoint and stopped, his murderer started to swing the car back and forth by its cable from the cliff here by the lodge. A bit of that and the body toppled right out. Oh, that's horrible. Who would want to do anything like that to William? I think you know, Mrs. Bond. What's that supposed to mean? If you want to find the killer, find her husband. That's crazy. Richard had no motive to kill Thacker. What about last night at dinner? Oh, now that's just ridiculous. Thacker was drunk and obnoxious, but Richard could control his temper, and he wouldn't kill anyone. Quite correct, Mrs. Daniel. The motive was much plainer than that, I'm afraid. You don't mean to tell me you think you've solved this thing? That is precisely what I mean to tell you. Thacker was killed because he represented a serious threat. A threat? To whom? Do you want to explain it, Miss Bond? I don't know what you're talking about. Surely you knew Mr. Thacker's profession. In fact, Mrs. Rice knew his profession, didn't you, Mrs. Rice? Uh, I, I think he said he was in uh, real estate. Indeed he was. He held the mortgage on this lodge and was threatening to foreclose. How many months were you in arrears, Mrs. Rice? That doesn't happen to be any of your business. But it would explain why you killed him, wouldn't it? <laughs> Some Scotland Yard detective you are. Oh, but you did, you know. You're hefty enough to club him down. Load his body into the cable car, then swing those cables until his body fell out. Oh, how, how can you say such a thing? Because when I kissed the hands of all the ladies, only yours had grease embedded in it oh. and smelled of petrol. Petrol is hard to get rid of. Oh. Takes several washings, eh? Oh, no, Mrs. Ross, you're the one all right. 
You see, the foreclosure notice was folded up in Thacker's coat pocket when I went down to view his body. <laughs> That's not fair. It was Daniel who did it. Daniel's hiding out somewhere. Why don't you find him? All right. I found him. What? Good Lord. Richard, it was you. Wait a minute. I don't get this. Simple. Mrs. Rice drained all but a couple of spoonfuls of gas out of the cable car engine. She spilled a lot of it on the ground. I found that last night. The rest was obvious. She figured the police would think Thacker had gotten drunk, got in the cable car, and got stranded and fell out. But the police wouldn't have ever kissed your hand, Mrs. Rice. Daniel, you fooled me completely. Where'd you get those clothes and that makeup? I had them with me. You did? Sure. I would have found some way to audition for you as an Englishman this weekend. When Thacker died, I improvised. Pretty good, too. Daniel, come around to my office Monday morning. You just might get your screen test. Thanks, Mr. Champion. Say, uh, you want to come on out and help me to get the cable car going again? I think the real cops may want to ride over on it. The names of tonight's players on Crisis and a word about next week's program in just a minute. Tonight, Crisis presented Captive Audience. Featured in our cast were Pat French, Steve Hilliard, Zoan Leroy, Don Chambers, Merrill Mayo, and Maureen Hawkins. Sound created by Jeff Thompson, engineering by Carney Martin. The program is produced at Audio Recording Incorporated. Script and direction by yours truly, Jim French, who invites you to join us next week for Crisis. Crisis.